you gonna start or what? This fucking birds are starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> These mics are picking up the birds. It's pretty insane. Chirp, chirp, chirp. chirp We're chirp, a part chirp. of the podcast. Chirp, chirp, chirp. We're stars. I mean, it's appropriate for a Disney podcast. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Alright. Hello, and welcome to Where the People Aren't, a Disney podcast for misanthropes. I'm Allie. And I'm Jesse. We're two 30-something women who grew up on Disney and like to analyze things until we don't enjoy them anymore. Every episode, we select a different Walt Disney production to watch and investigate. We'll explore the origins of the story, the controversies surrounding the film, give you more information about the production than you probably care to know, and exchange witty banter while we drink. Thank you for listening, and remember that this is a hobby, so if you find us boring and not entertaining, you'll have to complain to someone else who cares because we don't. We don't. Subscribe now to get all of our babbling delivered directly to whichever app you use to listen to podcasts. Scumps. We did it. We did it. The end. That's the our end. podcast. And thank you for listening to all right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god okay i'm gonna stop putting my beard out all right just stop putting it down so, altogether. okay the year is 1992 picture it picture it it's 1992 flannel is everywhere grunge is life demi lovato is born jeffrey dahmer is sentenced to life in prison for eating all of those dudes eating so many dudes so many dudes it's the year of the monkey the top song is End of the Road by Boys to Men, which neither Jesse or I were familiar with at all. Bill Clinton just won the election. My parents are thrilled because they don't know. We didn't know. We thought that reaching across the aisle was a good thing. We didn't know it was going to usher in the era of centrist in ism in american politics so bad anyway and on november 25th 1992 1992 the 31st animated disney feature aladdin is released dun, dun, dun. do we want to go over its facts first sure let's do it aladdin was directed by john musker and ron clements its budget was $28 million, while its box office was $504.1 million. That's like at least twice. At least twice. Your math checks out. <laughs> it uh, won a bunch of awards. Including two Academy Awards. Including two Academy Awards for Best Score and Best Original Song for A Whole New World. Mm-hmm. It won some Golden Globes. Did it actually win those were just nominated? I think it was. No, it won. It won, be- again, Best Original Score, mm-hmm. Best Original Song for A Whole New World, which was a rockin' song. And a special award, which is unspecified, for Robin Williams. They were just like, you're he- baller, have this Golden Globe. <laughs> he was so good, we just had to give him an award. <laughs> and a bunch of other weird, there was a lot of awards, guys. There Check were, it out. yeah, those were the major ones, but there were a ton, and I actually stopped writing after a while, because I got really tired of writing the name Alan Menken. It's on AMDB, you can Google it. God bless him. God bless him. Um, it has pretty good ratings overall. It's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. People like it. People like it. If you've never seen Aladdin, here's a brief summary of uh, the film. After a sultan gives his daughter Jasmine three days to find a husband, she escapes the palace and encounters the street-savvy urchin Aladdin, 
who charms his way into her heart. While the Sultan's visor, Jafar, weaves a spell so that he may marry Jasmine and become Sultan himself, Aladdin discovers the genie's lamp in a cave, rubs it, and sets the mystical entity free, leading the genie to pledge his undying loyalty to the dazzled youth. Aladdin begins his quest to defeat Jafar and win the hand of the princess with the genie's help. That's it. That's it. I took a lot of searching to find a good synopsis of that because most of them are dumb and don't even talk about Jasmine at all. Yeah, they're very brief. Very brief. She's not an important player at all. Not important at all. Um. Oh, where's our format? Oh, yeah, I was going to it's <laughs> gonna pull it up right what now. What are we doing? I don't remember what we're doing. God, we're so bad at this. We're this ne- we're, we're never gonna get invited to the LA but Podcast but Festival. No one will ever want us to come to any. This is not where I want to be. Format. Yes. Format. Uh, origin story. Origin story. So the origin story comes from the Arabian Nights, one thousand and one Arabian Nights. Do we have anything about this written down? We're just uh, going I for did it. not really write anything down. Maybe I have read it. like three or four versions of it. I read the really long one that was in one of the books that I had. Yeah. And I read a couple of the short ones, but were basically just the same thing, but shorter. So that was cool. Um, one thing I found while I was reading it is that there are more similarities to the movie than I thought there were going to be. Okay. Because um, it starts... So one of the big differences that it starts out with is that Aladdin's parents are alive. Yeah, both of his parents, both of his parents are, alive. are alive. His father is, I think, like a merchant or something. He's a merchant, yeah. Um, disappointed merchant. Who is massively disappointed in his son who wants to just fuck around and do nothing. He's a neckbeard. And he's so sad about this. Aladdin's dad is so sad that he dies. Imagine dying on that hill. I mean... What a way to get back to your kid. Get <laughs> your kid. That's one way to do it. Um, but so... Aladdin, also distraught, is out in the town at some point, and this magician shows up. He's like, oh, your father was my brother. I am your uncle. Uh, Mustafa, I Mustafa. think, was the father, yeah. I, I was your Mustafa's brother. Um, I'm I'm so sad to hear of his passing. He literally goes, I'm sorry that I've been absent for 40 years. For 40 years. And Aladdin's like, that's cool. Cool, whatever, bro. And then so Mustafa's like, go to your mother. Tell Mustafa's her I'm- the one who's dead. You're right. Mustafa's brother <laughs> is like, go to your mother and tell her that I'm coming to visit. So Aladdin goes and he shows up and he's talking to Aladdin. He's like, so what are you like? What are you doing for a trade? And Aladdin. Well, first of all, his mother is like, your dad didn't have a brother, but okay, whatever. I guess. He can come I guess. All right. Maybe he just forgot to mention him in the many years that in we the were away. Forty years you were gone. Just like in the movie, though, this magician takes him into the mountains, and yes. there's a magical cave that appears in the ground, and Aladdin has to go in and find the lamp. Mm-hmm. And by doing so and coming back out and trying, you know, the magician's like, give me the lamp! Help me out of the cave! Give me the lamp! And, of course, he gets stuck in the cave for two days before he rubs the magical ring. Mm-hmm. And there's a the slave of the ring, so, you know... It's a terrible way of putting it. It's you know, it's a real terrible way. I guess he is kind of a slave, though. He can't escape. I mean, I guess if your only way to get out of something is if someone rubs the ring. But he, so so Aladdin's stuck in the cave, rubs the ring, gets out, but he still has the lamp. So he's got like backup. He's got backup magical items. Pretty lucky. Pretty for such a lazy little lucky. piece of shit. So he gets back to his mother's house, and he. His mom's like, well, I got nothing. You can try to sell this cloth that I just made. Right. Uh, but I got no food. I got nothing. We're screwed. He's like, well, I have this lamp. We could try to sell this lamp. She's like, it's 
disgusting. We gotta clean that up. So of course it gets rubbed and the genie appears and is like, oh and he's shit! He's a big genie. He's more powerful than the. He's ring more genie. powerful yeah. than the ring genie. So they, he brings them platters of food and wine and. So okay, so he's they they're saved by the genie. They have food again, and they're all good. And then one day the sultan proclaims that everyone must stay in their house and close their shutters because the princess is going to bathe. It's her first bath ever, so it's a big deal. It's a real big deal. Let's talk about how dirty people were back in apparently ancient China. They or do bathed you think, once every 14 years. Or do you think that he just did this like once a week? Shut your windows, get out. She's coming. She's a coming. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe they would have made less of a big deal of it. It'd be like, and then the well, sultan but nobody... proclaimed the princess was having her weekly bathing. But does she has to like walk to the baths, I guess. Why isn't there a fucking bath in the palace? It's a palace. Maybe it's a shitty palace. Mm. Okay, so Word. she's got to walk to the baths. And Aladdin, because he's a little asshole, is like, I need to see this princess. I'm going to get all up in that. I'm going to get all up in that. Well, she's 14. I'm into it. <laughs> so into it. But to be fair, he might also just be 14. That's yeah, so. still weird, though. So Aladdin goes to the bath, and he hides behind a partition, and he, he gazes upon her face, and she's so beautiful, he yeah, falls in face. love. Yeah, her face. He's instantly. looking at her face. I don't buy it. So Aladdin falls in love with the princess after one look, and she's going to take a bath. Well, he saw her face. He saw her face, uh, and he's... You know, like a creeper, suddenly totally in love. So he sends his mother to the Sultan with a bag of Doritos and some Mountain Dew. If only. Unfortunately, she only had jewels and a cloth. Mm, not good enough. Well, it's not good enough because the Sultan didn't even pay attention to her for a whole week. Mm. Mm. So she goes to before the Sultan and he sees the jewels in her cloth. He's like, well, shit, yeah, that's a good price for my daughter. Is that a... a- Ah, damn it. What's the My Little Pony? Fluttershy? Fluttershy is a pony, yes. Is that a Fluttershy blanket? (laughs) Wrapping your Doritos and Mountain Dew? (laughs) Senpei like! Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) But the visor, who is also the magician, of course. What? Say what? Wants to marry the princess. You mean the vizier? Is that how it's pronounced? That's what they say in the movie. You said visor, like the thing that poker players wear. You're correct. It, I did mean vizier. Vizier? Vizier? Viz- vizier. Vizier. Yzma. What would be... Just say, what was the thing I couldn't say? <laughs> so the vizier? Vizier, yeah. Vizier is like, you should make him wait for three months. Trust me, it'll totally work. So the sultan's like, okay, your son can totally have my daughter for the price of these gems. But he's got to wait three months. So Aladdin is like, sure, cool, I can wait three months. Mm. And in that time, the magician marries... No, somebody else marries. Who marries her? The sultan marries her to that's somebody like else. another prince. Some other prince. Just, yeah. he's, that's we'll call him Prince Willie. Prince Willie, who is never seen again. No. Um, and on her wedding night, Aladdin gets the genie to magic her entire bed into his house and he's like what's up girl he's like what's up girl i'm supposed to be your husband i can't wait to see your face again scooch over in that bed i'm gonna hop right in (laughs) so then that happens for like three nights and then at some point she's just like oh okay i guess you're my husband now." so is he banging her or what um are they just cuddling i bet they're banging hold on i I did not i should have read this before i came over i doubt they have any details in there Apparently he just sleeps next to her, which does not seem real. 
Oh, yeah, okay, so after, like, three nights of the genie stealing the bed and the princess. Yes. And Aladdin just, you know, shoving his way into her bed, because consent is not a thing. The vizier's son is like, fuck this, I am out, this is too weird for me. So then at the end of three months, Aladdin's like, hey, what's up? You promised me my daughter, your daughter, and marries her. We had a deal. And she's just apparently fine with it then, and she falls in love with him, and everything is fine and dandy, because she has no... That was loud. Sorry. (laughs) She has no... Say? Say in how her life goes. She's just happy and bubbly wherever she is. Um, I'm just a vessel. So Aladdin has the genie build him a castle... And they live in it. The, I remember in the longer version, it's a very big deal is made because there are 24 windows. Yes, that's right. It's a real big stained, fucking deal. Stained glass windows or some shit. Like, oh, this is spendy as hell. Yeah, he's got windows and that shit some is... Some Mr. Rochester shit going on here. Some real Mr. Rochester shit. So they're all fine and happy and dandy. And then the magician shows up to steal the princess um, but he needs to get the magic lamp first. And Aladdin, because he's a prince now, I guess what they do is go hunting? That's sure. the thing? So yeah. he goes on like an eight... Yeah, you gotta de-stress somehow. Go <laughs> kill some... Uh, what do they have in China? Pandas. Pandas. <laughs> go hunt some pandas. Go hunt those pandas. No wonder they're endangered now. All they do is hang out and eat bamboo. Like bastards. Uh, little bastards. Um, so Aladdin goes on like an eight-day hunting trip. And the magician disguises himself as an old woman and he goes to the palace where jasmine not jasmine she's not jasmine she doesn't have a name in this because she's just the princess the prince her name is princess her name is princess that's the worst part so he goes to the princess and he's like that old lamp that lamp looks like crap you should get rid of it and take this newer nicer lamp girl don't you deserve to treat yourself treat yourself get rid of that old ugly tacky thing here i'll take it for you so he gets the lamp obviously and now he's got the genie and he gets the genie to steal away the castle with the princess in it to they go to africa because they're in the original one is set in china and then aladdin comes back from his eight-day hunting trip and is like where'd everybody go what the fuck and the sultan is like dude where is my daughter what the fuck you need to go find her, like, right now. Mm-hmm. And Aladdin's okay, like, you You put get... those pandas back where you found them and you go find my daughter. And Aladdin's like, dude, I need some time. You gotta give me, like, 40 days to find her. Give me some time here. So then he has, he still has the magic ring. So he rubs the magic ring and the slave of the ring is like, dude, I don't have power for that. I can't just get the princess back. That's not how this works. I am way down with all your pandas. Because <laughs> it was his job to carry the dead pandas. I'm but... not gonna let go of this dead panda thing. <laughs> Aladdin, killer of pandas. <laughs> Winner of hearts, killer of pandas. <laughs> so the ring genie is like, I can't get it back for you, but I can put you near the castle where it is now. So he gets put by the castle and he talks to the princess. He's like, oh, dude, we have got to take care of this. we got to kill the magician. So Aladdin's like, you have to pretend to be super into this guy. Just fake it, and we'll poison his wine. That's kind of in the movie. It is kind of in the movie. She does kind of pull that off. But it's her idea. It's because they give her a little bit more self-awareness and ability Mm. in the movie. Just a touch. Okay. So they, she's like, the magician comes back and she's like, Aladdin is dead to me. You're all there is now. Weird magician guy. Let's do this. 
and they start to drink some wine and she does the whole fake I'm going to pretend like I'm drinking the wine but I'm not actually going to drink mm, the wine thing. Classic. And the magician drinks the wine and just conks right over. So he's a, dead? He's dead. The D-E-D dead. D-E-D dead. So Aladdin comes in and gets the lamp and is like sweet I have the genie again. So the genie puts the castle back where it belongs next door to the other castle because that's how castles work. <laughs> Is it a castle or a palace? I mean, are they different? I feel like castle is more like Western Europe and a palace is more... I don't know. All over. What does it say? Hold on, I'll see. No, it's, oh, you're right. It says palace. Okay. My my mistake. I the, feel real dumb now, don't you? The podcast would like who, to... Person who did all the work <laughs> and I'm just here correcting you. The podcast would like to issue a correction. It is a palace, not a castle. Also, I'm sure they don't hunt pandas in China. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> so the cast, the palace, my bad. The palace shows back up. Everyone's happy and great. And then the magician had a brother. But not, not Aladdin's <laughs> father, who was not, not his brother. An actual brother who is not related to Aladdin brother. at all. An actual brother who shows up and... His name was Gudgician. <laughs> so he's trying to pretend to be like a healing woman and oh. get in there to like kill it. And Aladdin has learned his lesson with magicians and just straight up stabs this guy. Oh, like, first sight he stabs him? Basically, he's like, no, I know you. You're definitely that magician's brother. So he stabs him, and they live happily ever after. That's literally how it ends. Well, I respect a tight ending, I guess. I guess. Is that tight, though? Well, he just... uh, Why did the second guy even show up if he's just going to get stabbed right away? That just seems like a weak plot point. It does seem like a really weak plot point. I mean, I'm not a writer, so I'm not going to judge, I guess. So, I, I mean, as I was reading through the original fairy tale, there I noticed a lot more things than I thought I was going to. I thought that they had really diverted from yeah. the story. But there is still the castle getting moved. Like, in the movie, the Jafar has the genie move the castle up onto right. a hill, and he flings Aladdin into the wilderness. But then there was the whole, like, pretending, Jasmine pretending to be into... Jafar so that they could sneak one over on him. Right. Um, yeah, I remember when we, we first started doing research research on this uh, movie a few months ago, and we've done a couple movies before that haven't made the cut because we did not do a good job with them, and we had a lot of technical problems. But I really enjoyed comparing the origin story to the Disney adaptation and with this one I just said like they're too different I can't even find anything worth talking about and then we actually rewatched the movie today and I was like oh 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 and it is like little details like that it's like small bits that they it's like pull. they really went through the original story with a fine tooth comb and like selected just very well, specific bits to incorporate yeah and I think there are things that they're like oh this is not family friendly we can't put that in there like the whole her right. going to bathe thing and Aladdin yeah. being kind of a little asshole. Although in the original, like when they first started doing stuff for this movie, there was supposed to be a mother. Yes, there Aladdin was. Aladdin was supposed to have a mother, but she got cut. Well, and he has a father eventually. When we move on to the third or the second sequel, The King of Thieves is about his dad, oh. which Return of Jafar is not good. That's the second right. movie, which is like only about an hour long, but... um. 
The King of Thieves is like a legit good movie, and they also got Robin Williams back for it. That's right. I do remember that. I didn't see those ones as much because we didn't have them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I didn't get them until I was an adult to like buy them on my own. Aladdin was one of the movies that we had on VHS. It yes. was my brother's favorite movie. That big white puffy box. That big white crunchy puffy box. Mm-hmm. So Aladdin is one of the ones that we watched a lot. I'm pretty sure Johnny thought he was Aladdin for a while. Can you prove that he wasn't? I mean, I guess not, other than the fact that he's not an actual street rat. He just pretends to be one. Poser. Sorry, Johnny. Love you. <laughs> I don't remember not seeing this movie. Right. Like, I, I was... grew up with it. It was so, like intertwined in like my memories of childhood it was like this and the little mermaid beauty of the beast were like the three big ones that i remember when i was growing up yeah i i mean i was seven when this movie came out and we watched it all the time i was only five. Oh, you're so much younger than me mm, i'm so youthful it's okay we're in our 30s now it no longer matters shut up and it was the um third i think in the disney renaissance because it was Little Mermaid was the first, and then Beauty and the Beast was 91, and then this came out in 92, yep. and this was followed by Lion King, so it was really sandwiched in that... Getting back into the good movies uh, Yeah, Disney. the really amazing, like, ten years that Disney had, and this was, like, yeah. right in the beginning of it, so it was a big deal, and it won all of those... Won Oscars and was nominated for Academy Awards, and this was, like, only the third animated movie that was really taken seriously during wartime. Like, it was... Yes. And it was the... As far as I know, it was the first major uh, animated motion picture release that had a huge Hollywood name in Robin Williams. Which did not come without its own drama. Yes, we can get into that. Should we get into some of the Robin Williams drama? Do you want a cider? Yes, I do. I also need a water. Or I'm not going to be able to Do you to want try. a sparkling water or regular water? Regular water, please. Okay. So I don't think this movie would be what it was if it wasn't for Robin Williams. Absolutely not. It was literally their saving grace of making this movie any good. Yeah. Because other than that, it's kind of boring. Like, if you don't have the genie... Well, and Robin Williams playing the genie. I haven't seen the new Aladdin yet. It just came out, like, a week ago. Yeah. But I think that... I feel like most of the critiques that I've read of it have been that Will Smith is doing it, which seems unfair, because... How do you compare? Right. Also, who doesn't love Will Smith? Whatever. Like, I feel like that's gotta be a plus for that movie. For sure. I think think it sounds... As someone who hasn't seen it, it sounds like a plus, a great casting choice. Also, this isn't about Will Smith, this is about Robin Williams. This is true. But how would you, like, who else would you have cast? Like... No one like right like maybe Louis C.K. but he's a fucking creep now. But he's a creep now. Will Smith is just a genuine dude who loves his family. Got a terrible son, but yeah, other than that, he's great. His son's not that bad. Did you read that tweet from him today? Oh God, no! What did he do? He said, "If I wasn't Will Smith's silly son, I would be the greatest philosopher of our time." Oh, sweetie, what are you Someone's like? Someone's gotta 12? eat this kid off a cliff. You're like twelve. Chill. Yeah. So. The only way they got that Robin Williams to sign on to this movie is one of the animators animated the genie doing one of his stand-up routines. Oh, that's funny. To show him, like, what it could be. Fun fact, that is how I got Meg Ryan to sign on to Anastasia. Meg Ryan was Anastasia? Yes, you didn't know that? No! Yes, they animated her doing lines from, I think, When Harry Met Sally. All right, so Robin Williams, who signed on to this movie for scale, right? Mm-hmm. So his normal asking price is like $8 million. 
but he signed on to do this movie for scale with the condition that they did not use his image or his voice for marketing and for like so it was toys the, it and was shit. The Screen Actors Guild scale. So yes. it was seventy five thousand dollars. So that's a significant drop in his normal pay. Yeah. But he did it because he wanted to be part of this animation tradition. Yes. With the, you know, caveat that they wouldn't be dicks and use his name and his image and his voice. To sell all of their toys and shit. So I remember the caveats were the genie was not to take up more than 25% of the posters. Yep. Um, his songs, uh, Friend Like Me and Prince Ali, were not to be included in these soundtracks, which was a problem because they were later <laughs> the both nominated ones. for Golden Globes. Right. Um, and that his voice was not to be used in any recordings for toys and things. He only wanted his voice used for the film. Yes. And that's why he agreed to do it at this very low scale. And then Disney, being the bunch of dicks that they are, led by Katzenberg, <sighs> basically went against all of this and used his image and his name and the genie and basically everything. Oh, that's right. And his name was not supposed to be in the credits. Yeah. And then... They basically were like, oh, sorry, here's this Picasso. Right, so they violated his agreement. They released a lot of toys with his voice. The genie was a huge part of the poster. They used his name. They basically violated everything. And I believe it was specifically Katzenberg who tried to apologize with with Robin Williams by presenting him with an original Picasso, which is such a fucking rich white guy douchebag move. Sorry that we lied to you, bro. Do you want this Monet? But Pica- Williams came back with the best. He he basically did not like the Picasso because it clashed with his decor. Right. Which is like such a fuck you to Katzenberg. Like, hmm. This, this isn't pa- good enough for me. <laughs> this original Picasso is not good enough for my house. <laughs> um... So he refused to re- voice the genie for The Return of Jafar. And then when Katzenberg was replaced with Joe Roth, Roth made a very public apology to Robin Williams. So well done that Robin Williams was like, okay, yeah. all right. And he came back for Aladdin and the King of Thieves. I don't know anything about Joe Roth. I don't either, but nobody goes, Joe Roth, that dick, so he must be fine. Man, what a low bar we're at right now. <laughs> oh, he wa- I haven't heard his name brought up in Me Too. He must not be a terrible human being. <laughs> oh. oh, God, we live in a dystopia. We, it's a boring dystopia, which is the worst part. Oh, it's a boring dystopia, but God, is it terrifying. It's pretty bad. Ugh. Um, what else? Robin Williams, who is just a fucking badass all the time, basically ad-libbed much of his dialogue. He did. He was given topics and dialogue suggestions, which is a very unusual thing for animated films. Usually things are very plotted out so that the animators can kind of get started, but they would just let him go and do his thing. Um, I don't have any sources for this besides IMDb, but I did read that he improvised so much of his... Uh, dialogue in the film that it was rejected as a nominee for the best adapted screenplay at the Academy Awards because he was he originated so much of so many of his lines that they weren't actually in a screenplay they weren't yeah that they were ineligible so I'm sure that pissed off the writers but also whatever right I mean maybe he preemptively knew like they're not gonna stick to my they're not my gonna... caveat to my contract <laughs> I'm fuck gonna you stick guys. it to him this way 
And then you were telling me about the peddler at the beginning. So the oh, the intro at, at in Aladdin, when the peddler is um, offering his different wares, I read that this was completely improvised by Robin Williams by the filmmakers laying out a table of just random props in front of him and just saying go. And this reminded me of the episode of Inside the Actor Studio with James Lipton that he was on when at the end of it he was asked to demonstrate his improv skills and he was given a pink scarf and then he just went for like eight minutes. Oh. It's I'm sure it's on YouTube. It's hilarious and uh, a little bit sad now because we lost such a genius, but he was just, his mind always worked at like, he was always three steps ahead of everybody else. The one thing that always amazed me about Robin Williams is that he was trained as a dramatic actor. Can you imagine? Like, he wasn't even trained as a comedic actor. He was trained as a dramatic actor. I mean, he's good. He's really good in, like, Patch Adams, and I grew up on Hook. That um, was a really big one. What's the weird one? Toys? No, that's a weird one, too. I fucking <laughs> love that movie. Um, no, that was the weird, like, dream death one. Oh, um, What Dreams I Come. Yeah. Yeah, that, that movie was a crazy is one. fucked up. I love it. It was, yeah, I haven't seen that in years. I think I need to watch that again because I don't remember what happened to it, but I remember being like, what just Bicentennial happened? Man? <gasps> yes! Heartbreaking. Oh. Heartbreaking. Oh. So good. We should do a Robin Williams podcast. <laughs> <laughs> New plan. <laughs> We're dedicated doing... <laughs> to the genius of our deceased comrade. We're doing so well with this Disney podcast that we should definitely do it. Yeah, we've one. already done three episodes. <laughs> we've released none of them except for this one, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, cast and crew. So, Scott. Caveat before we start the cast and crew. For a movie that's supposed to be set in some nebulous Middle Eastern country, it's very white. I don't think there's a single person of color in the whole cast. No, no, there's not. I don't think there is either. That's cool. Cool. Good job, Disney. Fucking that up. So, Aladdin was played by Scott Weiniger. Weiniger? Weiniger? White. Sure. Scott Weiniger, um, who sent in a homemade audition tape that he made with his mom. It's really cute. He was 17. He was um, DJ's boyfriend on Full House. I don't remember what his name was. Oh, no, it's going to bother me. But, yeah, that's what I knew him as. And there was an episode of Full House where the whole family goes to Disney World and Aladdin is on a float and it's him. Oh, <laughs> And I think no. it's after he and DJ broke up. So she's like, I'm seeing him everywhere. Oh, funny. It's funny. That is funny. Go. Because he doesn't really look anything like Aladdin. But what is his name on Full House? I don't know. You look that up. I'm going to look it up. Um, apparently... Patrick Stewart was going to be Jafar, but he couldn't make it work with his schedule. And by the way, it was Steve Hale was Scott Weinger's character in Full House. I know that was going to haunt all of you until we... You're all welcome. I think he's in Fuller House, too. Probably. I I could only get through a few episodes and I was like, I'm going to cringe so hard, I'm going to disappear in my own asshole. I didn't even try. Don't. It's bad. But they're like three seasons in. Yeah, people love it. Apparently. But they don't... Want to renew one day at a time the one people of color show they have. Have you watched that? Have I ever seen One Day at a Time? Yeah. The one from the 70s? No, they remade it. Oh, did they? With the Cuban family. Oh. It's really fun. I'm sure it is. But it got canceled. Of course it did. The cheapest type of show to make and they canceled it. Oh, was that on Netflix? Yeah. It had an openly lesbian character and... It was really good. And oh, it was too it diverse for people? Too diverse. Cuban and lesbians? Fuck that. It's too many things. 
Jonathan Freeman, I believe is his name. This isn't on the fact. Okay, I, was like, I don't remember this name at all. Um, I believe his name is Jonathan Freeman is uh, the voice of Jafar. And he was also um, Grimsby on the original Broadway cast of Little Mermaid. That's just something I have off the top of my noggin. <laughs> and, of course, Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried. Besides Robin Williams, Robin Williams is probably the most well-known actor, I mean, uh, comedian. he's also turned out to be a real creep, but... Is that true? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, he said some real, like, racist shit. Oh, that's right. Is that how he got canceled from being the Affleck duck? Yeah. Man, what does it take to get canceled from being a duck that just says Affleck? <laughs> Apparently, being a racist asshole. If you want to say something racist, just stay quiet. Just don't. It's just don't do it. It's way easier. Um, but apparently Gilbert Gottfried thought that this was one of his favorite roles. So there's Well, that. it's, I'm sure it made him the most amount of money. Can you imagine going through life being, yeah, I made most of my money from... Being a cartoon parrot. Does it buy you a house? Fair. Fair. I'm just saying. Just saying. I don't even remember who played Jasmine because she's Linda the, Larkin. Linda Larkin. She's the only female character in this entire fucking movie besides the whores. Sex workers. My bad. The sex workers. Yep. I uh, know. And the fat comedic relief character. The other yes. fat comedic relief character. Because yep. there's also the Sultan. Yeah. Who is the naive, childlike, fat Well, we're getting relief. into social commentary here in a minute, so. We are. Our animation? Uh, I'm trying to... I mean, so, one of the things that I read was that they did a lot of using color to indicate, like, good versus bad. Mm-hmm. So, blue things were good, red things were bad. A lot of black and red things were bad. That's a disappointment to me. That's because it's all you wear and your hair is red. I know. So, you know, blue things were supposed to be good, black things were, and red things were bad, and yellow was supposed to be neutral things, like the sand, the water, and the fire was sort of the... Water isn't yellow. Water is blue. That's good. That's the blue. Oh, oh, I see. I thought you said yellow was supposed to be neutral, like water. Yellow is the sand. I understand. Do you? Yeah, I get it. I know what sand is. Wait, like, so far as even, like, so in the Cave of Wonders, the lamp's light that's shining down on it is blue. The lamp is yellow. The lamp is yellow because... That gem that Abu grabs is... Oh my god, it's all coming together! The symbolism is revealing itself! But yeah. Cool. Um, This is the second animated Disney feature to use fully rendered and textured 3D CGI moving backgrounds, so they did a lot of the backgrounds in 3D, mm. CGI, and then worked in the animated. So it, was, it led to the creation of something called Deep Canvas, which was a brand new t- technique created by Disney that they also used in Tarzan, and it oh. allowed them to render 2D animated characters into that more three-dimensional-looking background. I always thought Tarzan was the first one that ever used that because it was so dramatic in that movie. I think it led... So what, some of the stuff that they did in Aladdin led to the creation okay. of that deep canvas thing. Because you see some of that, like, the Cave of Wonders, I believe, was one of the yeah, 3D for things. Sure. And the sand has yes, a very... Like, texture. This texture and the glittering sand. And a lot of the backgrounds are very detailed, and you can you have, like, that foreground background cool. stuff happening. Um, I didn't write a lot about the animation... 
There isn't a whole lot to say. I mean, it was pretty traditional at the time. It was very characteristic of the Disney Renaissance. I would say up until Tarzan, when they used that way more 3D. I would say that watching it on a big TV with really a high-def player doesn't do it a lot of favors. You ever tried to play, like, Ocarina of Time on an HGTV? (laughs) It's a real bummer. Let me tell you, you don't know what's going on. There were some, especially with a lot of the facial animations that just weren't as smooth. Yeah. You could see some some of the, like, jumpiness between frames. Yes. Which is... Just a product of the time. Like, right. think about We've the TV that you had in the 90s. It wasn't great. Honestly, this is all, like, pre... And I know that this is almost a cliche at this point. This is all pre-Gollum. Uh, yeah. When that was just, like, so... What, what, when was that? 2002? When he showed so, up? Yeah. One. It was so mind-blowingly revolutionary when that dude showed up, which yeah. is what made The Hobbit such a big disappointment. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, God. But... It, Everything before uh, the Lord of the Rings was like, it's fine. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, I mean, you know, when you're working with the product of time in the 90s, you didn't have to worry about high definition 60-inch television. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think my TV was like a 30-inch TV, if that. Right. That we had at home, and it was a big, giant fucking box, and it weighed 95,000 pounds. Let me tell you, that Aladdin looked great on the tiny 12-inch screen we had in the back of my mom's, like, Waldock. Yeah. Or excursion van or whatever it was. So I want to be like... That was like a hotel on wheels. I want to be like, oh, this animation, it doesn't have as many frames per second. But at the same time, like, yeah, but that's it was, what it was. It was 27 years ago. It was... Like, what do you want? Oh, God, was it? Yep. Oh, my... Oh, Yep, God. worlds! Ugh. Um, Aladdin was originally supposed to be modeled after Michael J. Fox, and he was also originally supposed to be 13. That clearly has changed. I'm gonna go watch the princess bathe. <laughs> He was later aged up to 18. Okay. And redesigned to include elements derived from Tom Cruise and Kelvin Klein models. Note, none of these are people of color. Tom Cruise isn't black? (laughs) Say what? He might be the whitest man alive now that I think about it. Well, I mean, the whole Scientology bullshit. Mm. Yeah, (sighs) we're coming after you, Scientology. We are. Oh, this one. Um, The design on the carpet was added digitally after the animation was completed. Was it just a blank? It probably was like the purple and maybe like the border. I just noticed that the tagger that is the the um, Cave of Wonders is on it today. Yeah. How many times have I watched this movie? Probably you like literally 200. Literally 200, yeah. Um, one of the girls I follow on Tumblr made a carpet cake completely out of buttercream. Oh my god. The other day. Wait, completely or yeah. there's cake in it? Well, no, like, it's cake, but she didn't oh, use, like, fondant or anything. She used buttercream for the whole oh thing. Oh, my God, that's so cool! It's so cool. I'll find the picture and we'll put it on, like, Twitter or something. Shout out to my Tumblr mutuals. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first animated film to reach half a billion dollars. An un- no shit. An unimaginable amount to us lesser mortals. What is that in today's money? I don't even know. It was also the first full-length animated film to gross $200 million in North America. So, basically, it did real well, guys. So, this film was first pitched by lyricist Howard Ashman, who wrote a 40-page treatment of the film. It was set inside a favor of Beauty and the Beast, and when it was finally picked it back up, the Disney chair, Jeffrey, I like being a huge asshole, Katzenberg, that's literally how we have it written down, (laughs) Um, insisted that Ashman's original vision be abandoned and the characters cut. 
and characters cut. He, he the quote from it is eighty six. The mother, the mother is a zero. What Can you a, imagine that? What a dick. He is a dick. So I think if I remember reading correctly, I don't know that I wrote it down because yeah, um, Kassenberg basically came in and was like, "I don't like any of this. Rewrite it, redo it," which he seems to have done a lot. And then he threw a smoke bomb and disappeared into the night. Basically, but they pulled it off. So go, guys, you go. Although you know, maybe we could have had another female character in here. Or two. Or two. Let's go crazy. Not Maybe the genie could have been a woman. I'm just what? saying. No, because then we get into all sorts of female slavery connotations that are probably worse than... Am I wrong? I'm going to give you that one. I think a female genie would be worse than no more female characters. Oh, don't you think Amy Schumer would have done a great oh, job, though? God, I hate Amy Schumer. That's, that's what everyone thinks. Trainwreck wasn't bad, but that's because I love Bill Hader. Didn't you just have like some weird rom-com? Train wreck. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. There was something else. It was like weird oh. fairy tale rom com kind oh. of bullshit. I don't know. It had um, Thor's brother. No, that was Rebel Wilson. Was that Rebel Wilson? Yeah, apparently you're, you're I had getting them all confused in my head. That one also looked really weird. You're getting the normal looking blonde woman confused. <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same. <laughs> um, what else was Disney real dick about? Robin Williams was also working on Fern Gully at the same time as Aladdin. Yes. And Disney, for some reason, thought the tiny, weird environmentalist film from some no-name studio was going to be major competition for them. So they kept trying to be real dicks about it, like buying out the studio that they were recording in and kicking him out and just... Katzenberg was an asshole, guys. Why was he such an asshole? I don't know. But Fern Gully will just... Oh, it was distributed by 20th Century Fox. But who made it? The production company was Croyer Films, Inc., Young Heart Productions, and FAI Films. It was Australian. What did Um, Australia do to you, Katzenberg? FAI stands for Fire and All Risks Insurance. All right, well. Okay. Well, I mean, it was a weird environmentalist film, so. Its budget was $24 million, and its box office was $32.7 million. So let's not say it was a smash hit. But Disney films still felt intimidated or threatened enough they had to like shit all over it what's up katzenberg get your shit together you're like the worst katzenberg god should we do some songs yes we should uh true fact one of the only times i've ever done karaoke i did a whole new world with my friend sarah i was aladdin who's sarah uh, I don't know if you've ever met sarah who is she <laughs> who is this other girl you're <laughs> hanging out with who are you cheating on me with? Uh, yeah, I did it with Sarah. We were at Gwen's birthday party. and Oh, okay. We sang A Whole New World. Oh, no, I know who Sarah is now. I just, I just remembered. <laughs> I've totally met her before. Probably. Uh, when I went out to karaoke on New Year's Eve, my friend Jimmy and Adam, who are from the gym, these two super buff guys who sang A Whole New World. <laughs> I think that Jimmy was Jasmine, but I'm not totally sure. Well, one of them would have to be. It was a really inclusive, wonderful moment, and they did a really good job. Good job, guys. Good job. Uh, A Whole New World, which is performed by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell in the end credits, is the first and so far only Disney song to win a Grammy Award for Song of the Year. Um, I really love the soundtrack because I'm a huge Alan Menken fan. Alan Menken is a guy who composed a ton of Disney movies. He did... 
um, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, this one, I, he didn't have anything to do with Lion King, but he's the composer, and then he worked very closely with Howard Ashman as the lyricist for Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. And then most of this one got done, but then Howard Ashman passed away from complications related to AIDS. And so Tim Rice was brought in and to help finish up the lyrics. And I also love Tim Rice because I'm also, of course, a huge Broadway nerd. And Tim Rice works very closely with Andrew Lee Weber. Well, there you go. So he wrote all the lyrics to Evita and I, shit. I believe that A Whole New World had a different name before Tim Rice came in and he came in and changed it to that. Sure. And, you know, for th- it was probably some dumb, like, magic carpet ride. <laughs> probably. Uh, there were 14 songs written, but only six of them are featured in the film. Oh. Okay, what's your favorite? Um, I like A Whole New World, but... We should be asking each other questions about this shit more often. We so should. it's more like a conversation. We should work on that. Okay, what's your favorite song? Um, the song where he's running away from the guards. The bread song. What's it called? <laughs> One Step. One Step, yes. One Step Ahead. One Step Ahead. I think probably just because that was the most active. We're going to call it the bread song, though. The bread song. (laughs) It's the bread song from now on. But again, like, I was watching this movie when I was, like, eight, nine years old. So my brother and I were probably jumping around the living room because Aladdin was jumping around on things. So we also had to jump around on Mm -hmm. things. We were very performative when we watched movies. Yeah, for sure. 100%. 100%. So that was probably mine. Yeah. What was your favorite song, Allie? I think... Out of this one, my favorite song was probably A Whole New World. It's a good one. It's really good, and it's really easy to sing by yourself in your bedroom because you don't have any friends. Yes. And you're too young to know what love is, and you will discover that till you're in your 20s anyway. So it's it's really fun because it's very dramatic, but it's like, it's like Kiss the Girl. It's very sweet. It's just a good song. You were super into like the fairy tale endings, weren't you? I was hugely into fairy tale endings. That's why I don't understand why my life has turned out the way that it is. Get on it, Will. Oh, don't call him out like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I'm a huge fan of fairy tale endings. Because it never happens. And we they need more of them. Um, social commentary. Well, we can lead in from songs straight into social commentary. Because Let's talk about how Jasmine's only vocal endeavor in the song is a love song, which does not pass the, is it the Bechdel test? Bechdel. It doesn't pass that. Well, it can't Jasmine pass the bestial test. There are that. no two women in this movie to talk to each other. Does anyone know what gender Raja is, by the way? Because there's been some debate. There has. Is Raja? Because if Raja's a girl, but that's still not a conversation. Because the bestial test is two women having a conversation not about men. We're not even passing the bestial test right now. We can't because there's only one fucking woman in this movie. I'm talking about you and me, though. Oh, well, no, we never do. We're terrible at this. <laughs> we just love our men so much. I we mean, can't stop talking about that. So the bestial test is supposed to be, like, the lowest possible bar that so many things cannot make it over. That's a real bummer for Allison Bestial. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I think that was the point. Like, yeah. if you can't have two women having a conversation that's not about men, what the fuck? Right. Uh, the other thing that we can talk about from songs that have some real issues is in the original opening song, Arabian Nights, mm. there was originally a line towards the very beginning that was, where they cut off your ears if they don't like your face, to which the American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee had some issues. I mean, I'm going to give this to them. Yeah, they're not wrong. That was an issue that they... We didn't think you guys would notice. Uh, it got changed to where it's flat and immense and the heat is intense, which is better. 
I mean, I, I for a last minute sub in, I guess it's fine. It is still, however, followed with the line, it's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Uh, the ADC also criticized Aladdin and Jasmine's anglicized features and Anglo-American accents, in contrast to other characters with foreign accents, grotesque facial features, and appearing villainous or greedy. It is very obvious that the only ones that have any sort of Arabic influence are the bad guys. It's Jafar, who is yes. very... Angular? Very angular. He's very animated to look Overly, very... Yeah, like very exaggerated features. Um, He's the only one that has sort of an accent of the Gazim main characters. in the beginning has an accent, and he's like the lowly thief, and then like some of the guards have accents. All, and they're all and... like, the guards have the very exaggerated features, and the very yeah. exaggerated mannerisms that we don't get with the pretty, basically white main characters. Right. So, and, you know, when it comes back to the most of your cast is white, and all you're doing your a cast. film full of people of color, wasn't Jasmine's actress... Oh, was, no, she's hella white. Is she? Or yeah. the, maybe it was the one who did her singing voice. Leah Salonga did her singing voice, and Leah Salonga is, I believe, Filipino. Okay, well, that's a little bit I better. I could be very wrong, but... No, I think that's that sounds right. I'm Googling it right now, so just give me a solid second here. Yeah, Leah Salonga was a Filipina singer. So, I mean, at least she's not super white, but that's it. Like, Yeah, that's it. That's your whole people of color cast in a movie set <laughs> full of people uh, of Brad color. Brad Kane, who played, who did Aladdin's singing voice, actually went on to be two things. Again, this is just, I don't have this on my nose, it's off my noggin. You do it. Um, He went on to be Snoopy in the 1999 Broadway revival of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which Fiona and I will still scream the lyrics at to each other. And he was also the singing voice of Hercules. Oh, well, we'll hear more about him later then, when I go on a fucking rant about Hercules. Jesse loves Hercules. Jesse's gonna go fucking off. She loves it. So wrong. Roger Ebert criticized what he saw as the film's use of ethnic stereotypes, writing, Most of the Arab characters have exaggerated facial features, hooked noses, glowering brows, thick lips, but Aladdin and the princess look like white American teenagers. He also wrote, and this is one of my favorite quotes that I found, As a romantic couple, they're pale and routine, especially compared to the chemistry between the Beast and the Beauty. They look unformed as if even the filmmakers didn't see them as real individuals. Man, that's quite the burn. He did not like Jasmine a lot. And you know He's what? Like, you know what worked harder than this? Bestiality. Basically. that I mean, this is not as good as bestiality. And it, I kind of agree with them. Like, they're boring and routine. Well, they don't have personalities. Neither of them, really. Like, no. <clears throat> Aladdin's entire persona is... Uh, dependent on him being viewed as a street tough, but with a heart of gold and the diamond in the rough, rock hard abs. Also, that's never explained. Again, I don't. I didn't know what a diamond in the rough was until I was like twenty seven and looked it up. I didn't know what it was. I thought that it was like a rock that was in the side of a mountain. You're so cute. Oh, I didn't know. I mean, I feel like that's just kind of a phrase that's been out there for a while. It but, has, but yeah. like, who uses it? Um. People in their, like, 50s. Yeah, no one does. That's what I'm no saying. One, no one does. Everyone right. in their 50s is dead. Nobody <laughs> uses that term. Well, this is uh, one of the quotes that I found from one of the directors, Ron Clements. So the original story was sort of a winning the lottery kind of thing. Like, having anything you could wish for would be the greatest thing in the world, and having it taken away from you is bad, but having it back is great. We didn't really want that to be the message of the movie. Hmm. 
Which I'm not sure they really succeeded in. No. Because, like, he got everything he wanted, and then he lost it, and then he still married the princess. Although he didn't actually marry the princess. That's one of the things that I love about this movie. They don't get married until, like, the third one. Yeah, the whole third one is about should he try to find his dad to invite him to the wedding. Right. So, like, it's one of the few Disney movies I feel like where it doesn't end in a wedding. That's true, yeah. I mean, most of them are like, happily ever after, the end, they're married. I don't know, did Simba and Nala technically get married, or are they making cubs in sin? Do lions get married? Do they sing? <laughs> okay, but like, what would a lion wedding ceremony look like? Oh, girl, am I designing it? What's my budget? I'll tell you everything. <laughs> Let's go for it. It's animated. It can be whatever you want. What's the lion wedding ceremony? I'm seeing a giant floral banner held up by birds. I'm seeing a cake made out of dead zebras. I'm seeing so many things. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this I'm out basically it... <laughs> the Jonathan Van Ness of planning a Disney wedding. <laughs> you gotta stop doing that. That's gonna show up on the Oh, sound. sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out and stop put it in Stop touching we... yourself. Stop touching yourself. Um, the filmmakers thought the original message was inappropriate and decided to put a spin on it, made it the fulfillment of wishes seem great, but eventually become a problem. Also, be yourself or whatever. Yeah, but that doesn't work out. No, but I mean, so I guess it's hard because, like, Aladdin getting all of his wishes does turn out to be a problem because he's just lying to the girl that he loves. Yeah, but she still marries him, where most of us would be like, what's up, boy? You keep lying to me. Bye. Okay, but to be fair, she isn't marrying him until, like, three movies later, and she doesn't marry him until he fesses up to the shit he did. Okay, but still. You can't be like, alright, well, you confess to lying about these things all these years, so I'm gonna expunge you from your sins. He did also save her from an evil wizard. Who hasn't been saved? Has Connor never saved you from an evil wizard? We've never crossed that bridge yet. You have so much to learn. <laughs> so much to learn. In your ten year long relationship. There are no wizards in St. Paul, is that what I'm hearing? We are wizard free. The biggest issue that I have, well, that's not true. One of the One issues. One of the biggest issues I have is something that will come up again and again in this podcast, which is Jasmine's body shape. Oh my god, that girl is not physically able to actually she's probably i don't know if she's the most like a barbie but she's the first one whose midriff was ever bared right like i imagine that if you know snow white had a crop top she would also look terrible right but even with things like aurora you could probably imagine they're like wearing a corset or something to at least kind of explain it away this is just oh no this is just what her waist looks like does ariel look as bad or I don't she think have she, a little she bit more... She definitely doesn't look realistic, but she doesn't look that bad. I mean, Jasmine, in some of those shots, legitimately looks like all she is is some skin and a spine. Right. No, you could fit both hands around her. I mean, she's it's like what like... Marilyn Manson aspires to. Right. That one guy who got two ribs removed. Just so he four ribs skinnier. Removed. Yeah. What a weird guy. Yeah, subscribe to Reddit's bot surgery subreddit. He shows up a lot. Aye. He kept his ribs. He kept them? They're in a jar. Sometimes he takes them out and pretends to eat them. He has you know some mental health issues. You know, no, I kind of respect that. You know, <laughs> you know what? I'm into it. If you ate your own foot, would you lose weight? This man is investigating to find out. I'm not I'm not respecting the pretending to eat his own bones, but like, you know what? If I had to have a bone removed, not by choice, but like for reasons. But he didn't have to have them removed. That's no, the but problem. Wouldn't it be funny to be like, and these are my ribs? I mean, I yeah, if it was like this was disease but not I have issues where I want my waist to be tiny like a Victorian lady. Whatever. Whatever. 
Jasmine looks fucking alien and unreal. She does, and it's kind of gross, and she looks like just a, a white girl with some giant eyes and a little itty-bitty tiny waist, and it's it contributes to the very stereotypical problems that people have with Disney movies. Yes. And this was not that long ago. It was no. the 90s. Like, it wasn't the 50s. I mean, this is what we grew up on. These are the images that we saw. Right. And... And who who do you know who doesn't have some kind of body image issue? I mean, God, have, if you can find I don't know anyone. Who, if you can find somebody who doesn't have body image issues, they should write some fucking books because everyone does. My trainer told me once that she thinks anybody who's at the gym like four or five days a week, like legit, has a body dysmorphia problem. Sure, because you I have mean, to, right? Like to feel like that's something that you need to do four mm-hmm. or five times a week. I don't. I don't ever go to the gym because I'm a fat girl. But, um, but like even. Abby, my 10-year-old, when even a couple years ago, mm-hmm. she had issues. Like, we had a big conversation about bellies and how they aren't supposed to be really flat. And she was eight. That's so sick. And it is sick, and it's terrible. And I think it has probably, having a 10-year-old kid, a 10-year-old girl, has helped me to be like, you know what, just accept your body for what it is kind of shit. Because, like... Yeah. If I sit here and be like, oh, my body, I hate it, it's terrible, yeah. what is she learning? Yeah, it's really important to not talk negatively about yourself. So it's a lot of like, you know, when she, when she was having rose, she was like hiking up your shirt. I'm patting right. my belly if you can't tell. <laughs> um, and being like, that's just what it is. That's my body. That's what it's doing. Yeah. and It's holding my organs in place. It's holding my organs in place and it's cushioning my life. Mm-hmm. But you can walk around with it. It's rough when you have all of these animated films where you have these perfectly tiny, skinny girls. And this is a conversation we're probably going to have verbatim. Oh, yeah, for every every single movie. movie Because it has not gotten better yet. I think the only one that even comes a little bit better to being more... I mean, I feel like Princess and the Frog, she had a little more curves, but then you get into the racial stereotyping. She did have a little more curves, but probably the one that comes to mind for me that was... The most, like, quote-unquote realistic was Lilo and Stitch. Yes. And even that was still, like, she was hella muscly. Yeah, but, I mean, they were also surfing all the time, and that's right. not easy shit. So, yeah, like, there was a be reason easy. behind the hella muscly. Yeah. But even, like, Lilo was this cute little chubby little girl, and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, one movie, how old is that movie? I think that was, like, 2003, 2004. 2004, yeah, I feel like that's right. And like yeah, I'm, it was 2002, so yeah. Oh, like, okay. And like I, I take health and fitness fairly seriously. I haven't been in the gym in a while, but I used to go four times a week, and I, you know, watch what I eat. Like I, I do value my health, but I think that we are in such a toxic mentality with body image right now. We're like, I think it's better to err on the side of caution, especially with kids and right. with something that like. Hearing that your eight-year-old was, like, worried about her belly. Yeah. What the fuck is going on with that? That's, like, horrifying. Right? And that movies like this, which are not only portraying the norm, but are portraying, like... Idealistic. Exactly. Exactly. Idealistic like, views of how things should be. Um, yeah, it's it's rough. And I, I don't always know how to handle that with Abby. It's, it's mostly just, like, reinforcing that she is fine, she is healthy, she is good, her stomach is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's that, I mean... Barbie came out with a whole bunch of different shaped dolls, like, three or four years ago. And they've kept going with Just it. in time. No one's saying <laughs> that Mattel and Barbie are I the beyond... I had so many Barbies when I was a kid. So did I. But now they have ones that are short and 
chubby and they have tall ones that are thicker dolls and like they're they're actually trying good to promote different body shapes which is good there was a a I think it was on Tumblr. I'm sure you saw it. There was a thread a while ago that was a link to some like deviant art that was like uh, Disney princesses if they had like realistic body shapes. Yeah, and it was just like girl like Ariel with huge tits and a huge ass and a tiny waist. And like I'm so sick of dudes thinking they can of of dudes and even some women thinking like oh this is realistic. Like, they have Kardashian. Well, like when you stop and think about waist. like. An average-sized woman in America is actually, like, a 12, and not a 4. Right. Like, 12 is actually average. Right. Not so skinny that your thighs don't touch. I'm, like, a 6, and I don't have a thigh gap. I think the thigh gap is a myth. It is a myth propagated by men. (laughs) But men like thickness now, so I don't know what's going on. Well, they like thickness, but only if you have it the right way. Right. Tiny ways are important. Uh, Big butts. But not big thighs, but big boobs. God, you men are terrible. And, like, that's not something you can control. No, not unless like, you're just hella skinny and you go get plastic surgery. Right. And then, Whatever. God. The point is, everyone's beautiful. Everyone's beautiful. Um, love yourself, love your body. <laughs> I'm not a healthy at every size fan, but don't push it in your eight-year-old, please. All eight-year-olds are healthy and beautiful. They are. All eight-year-olds should be just be living their lives. <sighs> All right, what else do we have? Um, this is another one of the multitude of Disney films where the sultan or king, whoever's in charge, is being portrayed as this soft, pudgy, naive character. Childlike. Childlike, yeah. especially this one. The sultan in Aladdin that I don't know if I really caught as much in the past, but he's literally like playing with toys yeah he's not doing a great job leading his nation no given the sad hungry children in the streets no everyone is poor everyone is poor but i mean like he's literally playing with toys in one of the scenes he acts like a small giddy child because he wants to ride the magic carpet yes he's led around by jafar like he's some dumb kid and this is not an uncommon point of view or character from disney you have the kings in sleeping beauty mm-hmm. who all they want to do is get their kids married and get sloshed scumps scumps that's where scumps comes from BT yep. dubs <laughs> um you have the king in cinderella who just wants his son to get married and give him grandchildren who mm-hmm. are blonde and aryan i mean it's just it's a very common trope for disney is this pudgy phil phil from hercules, from hercules. the short very short, very rotund Danny DeVito type character who... That is who uh, it's going to be from now on as the Danny DeVito character. Yeah, who doesn't contribute anything and does not conduct himself as a leader. Maurice? Maurice. Yeah. The patriarch. Fuck, down with the patriarchy. Down with the fucking patriarchy. Real fucking useless. Even like the larger women, like Ursula, are at least like tall and big and scary. Well, but I mean, if you're not the perfect tiny skinny girl, you are comedy relief for the bad guy. Oh, what else you got? Uh, well, I mean, it's super racist. Oh, it's we, so... We touched on that earlier. We, yeah, I mean, it's just one rolling bad stereotype perpetrated by a bunch of white people over and over and over again. Yeah. That might be it for the social com. My big things are the racial issues and the sexism issues and the body image issues and kind of how Aladdin doesn't really contribute very much to the story. 
No. He doesn't have much of a personality. He's a kid who lives in the streets. Jasmine falls in love with him for some reason. Because she's been living sheltered in a birdcage. Right. He's the the first boy that she's ever met. So clearly she needs to marry him. Will was like the third boy I'd met. So I (laughs) I know what I would have been missing. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's Watching it again, it feels less impactful than I remember it. We were also analyzing it pretty hard. I mean, I've never that's, done before. we're definitely ruining every Disney movie we're going to watch. Yeah. Uh, but it just, Aladdin and Jasmine do come off as, you know, I, I do kind of remember thinking this when I was a kid, like, that wasn't very interesting for them. No. Like, that wasn't, like, some great love story. No, no. It's like, like Titanic. I don't know. It's just, it feels like a lot of filler and not actually a lot happening. Hey, we should write to the writers. Come on, writers, get your shit together. Um, what else? Oh, there's, so, it, and this is kind of ties back to the original fairy tale a little bit. Aladdin's kind of a dick. He's like, oh, I can't survive without having this genie to do everything for me. Right. And so he's about to, like, go back on his promise to release the genie, because he needs him to make him... Yeah. I think that's supposed to be, like, fucked up conflict or whatever. But... That kind of, yeah, like, that's not, why are we rewarding this kid who doesn't want to even follow through on his promises? It's not a great look. I mean, he would have totally reneged on his deal, except he got, like, sauced out. Yeah. What did that teach you? Did you take any lessons away from this movie when you were a child? Because we were very small when it came out, and we saw it so many times that I'm sure something, like, imprinted itself in my brain. Yeah, I feel like something must Clearly, have I always wanted a tiny waist. That was a big deal. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard when, when those are things that just are so ingrained in what you watched and what you experienced as a kid. Yeah, it's hard to separate It's really them. hard to be like, well, what did I learn which, from that which thing that first. I watched yeah. 40 million times? <laughs> because we only had VHSs and basic television, not cable in our life, so... Yep. I don't know. What is the moral of Aladdin? I mean, I feel like it's if you lie well enough, you'll get your way. Like, I don't think that you took anything positive away from it. I don't feel like you did, but what, like, what do you think the moral was supposed to be? Do you think it was supposed to be, like, be honest and be truthful and you'll get your way? But, like, that doesn't follow through because Aladdin didn't actually do any of that. He, I mean, he got a little truthful, but he still got where he was and met these people because he had lied. So what is Aladdin teaching people? I don't know. Maybe that if you... Well, no, he didn't work very hard. I don't know. There's really nothing. There's there's nothing positive that really we learned from this. I mean, I feel like it's a whole lot of, if you lie well enough, you might get caught out. But if you just save the day, everything will be fine. Right, it evens out in the end. So, okay, so this is what's coming from some website that is probably making shit up. But okay, <laughs> the overall theme of Aladdin is that infinite strength and wealth comes from within... And it is best to be yourself, because poor or rich, you are a diamond in the rough. Which is kind of bullshit. I don't see that at all. He's a poor kid. He has no future. He doesn't have much of a personality, except, like, wanting to get out. Somehow he acquired a really well-trained pet monkey who can talk in a Donald Duck voice. Yeah. He happens upon a girl that he wants to bang because she's the only like semi-normal looking person in the whole village and even she's kind of weirdly freakish with her tiny waist and then decides to follow her to the ends of the earth even though she also doesn't have much of a personality 
Yeah, they're both really boring. Yeah, this movie kind of sucks, doesn't it? Um, Oh no, my childhood. (laughs) It's swirling down the drain. So here's another take on it. It teaches that dishonesty does more harm than good in the long term. But I'm trying to figure out what harm actually happened to Aladdin. Like, what harm came to Aladdin because he lied? Well, his mother died for sure. Well, she wasn't even in this movie, so... Yeah, because she died. Okay, but she died off screen, so it doesn't count. So I feel like, you know, the dishonesty doesn't get you anything is a good moral to have, but I don't feel like they succeeded. I don't think that they actually got there. And I I mean, I suppose that's some of the downfall of just being, you know, like a short animated film. And I feel like, I think maybe they're getting a little bit better at this, and they used to be better in the older movies, that letting actual bad things happen in the movies... Yeah, I can see what you mean. I feel like we hit this weird point in the 90s where, like, nothing bad could happen for real. Like, nothing stuck. Well, you don't want to freak people out, especially with, like, the little kids being the Okay, but here's the target thing. audience. But that's irresponsible. Well, and kids can handle so much more than we give them credit for, but also they just miss shit. That's why some of the best kids shows and kids movies have a lot of jokes and things that are written in there for the adults that have to watch it for them. Like, I'm gonna say it. I watched My Little Pony with Abby. Yeah. And it was funny. Does it have like, a lot of grown jokes in it? They made an I Love Lucy reference with the oh. chocolates in the factory. Oh, funny. And I remember she watching... She didn't get it? No, of course she didn't get that because she had no idea who I Love Lucy was. Um, The Muppet movies are really good for that. Yes. Watch a fucking Muppet movie yes. if you want some adult humor that yeah. you did not get when you were a child. And wonder why your parents were okay watching it over and over again. Right. Like, I think that the best ones do have that. And I don't know that... There are some Disney movies that do that, but I don't think that this is one of them. No, not at all. Like, watching this as an adult does not have the same appeal or it doesn't hold my attention as well. It's totally just nostalgia at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to ruin every Disney movie that we watch. You know, that's okay, because we've enjoyed them for our whole lives, so wrecking them a little bit is all right. I suppose. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot of shit. Yeah. We have a lot of work to do to edit this down. Yeah, we do. I feel like this wasn't very interesting. I don't know. I feel like we're still working on this format, and someday we're going to get it. But I think we just need to... Just release it. Just fucking release it. And then we'll just learn. The Lion King will be better. I'll get a bunch of facts about 1994. Awesome. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about... What do we (laughs) want... Aladdin. <laughs> About Aladdin. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. Are we starting over or are we yeah, just roll with that? Yeah, start over. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about Aladdin. Aladdin. That's the movie we watched. That's the one. If we wildly fuck something up, please let us know. If you just disagree with us, I guess you can let us know that too, but I mean... You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPAPod. If you end up on a baseball podcast page with the best name, you've gone too far. Take a few letters off the end and you'll find us. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe or don't. We don't really care. We're going to do this anyway. Yeah, whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, I feel like we really did our best. We did our best. I don't think it was good. Um, it's gonna be good enough. Yeah, it is. Because we're not redoing... the episode. It's gonna skyrocket us to stardom. <laughs> this one episode about Aladdin. I'll be fine. I think that we're gonna have a lot more fun with the next one.